What's up, my Fit Journey friends? Welcome back to Being Valerie, a wellness podcast, and I am your host, the Valerie. I am going to be talking to you guys about a drug that has been a part of the weight loss scene for some time now. Um, I don't hear very many people talk about it, and it could be because I can't use it, um, but it's, it still has a presence. Um, and just wanted to, you know, give a little info to you all out there about this drug. And then I'm going to share with you about my month and what, what goals I have planned for next month. And I want to remind you that I have a new series um, that is a part of this podcast called Convos from Anywhere, a digital passport. Um, when you get a chance, check it out. Give me some feedback. You can find me on all my social media platforms. And um, so let's jump right on in. I do want to say thank you for being supportful, for liking, for sharing, for subscribing. Um, You guys are the best listeners. Um, So let's jump right in. So the drug that I'm talking about today is called Fentermine. Uh, It's a prescription um, appetite suppressant drug. Um, It binds to receptors on the hypothalamus, which is a part of your brain. Um, It it consists of two drugs combined together, fenfluramine and fenfen. So I know I threw a big word out there, the hypothalamus. It's a gland that's part of the brain that stimulates the nervous system, the pituitary gland, um, like temperature, thirst, hunger, and other homeostatic systems, um, including sleep and emotional activity. Um, it controls the hormone system. So when I say the hypothalamus, that's what I mean. Um, it is a prescription. It's prescribed independently for obesity. Um, it is prescribed to be used intermittently. And it provides a system in, you know, in weight loss. Um, you can have an average weight loss of three um, percent after three months, and up to five to seven percent after six months. It is considered a controlled substance. Um, it releases transmitters like um, dopamine and norepinephrine, nori or norepinephrine. Sorry, you guys. And it can be addictive. Um, and I've experienced or witnessed some people be addicted to it because they're trying to lose weight so quickly or they're so impatient that they misuse it. Um, it does have some advantages, though. It supports your appetite. It makes you feel full longer. It can boost your heart weight and give you energy. And it can account as an appetite suppressant. Um, There are some side effects. Like any other drug or controlled substance, Um, this one has some extensive side effects like heart issues, um, valve disorders, pulmonary hypertension, um, palpitations or tremors, and high blood pressure. So remember when I said that it's a drug that a lot of people use, but unfortunately I can't use it. Well, I'm not going to say unfortunately, because I don't need a a drug that can become addictive in my life at the moment, because 
I'm my health is you know is not up to par and I just really don't need any other tragedies to happen right um it can form psychotic behavior I mean psychotic disorders um like being unhappy anxious mood changes um you know over excitement it can cause headaches um insomnia and restlessness it can have you nauseous you know nervous and vomiting um it can cause blurred vision hair loss some people have reported having a bad taste in the mouth or having a dry mouth um flu-like symptoms like the shields uh constipation and diarrhea some people experience gastrointestinal disturbance or have trouble urinating there may be pain urinating and sex and i mean changes in the sex drive it could leave some people impotent um tips to using this drug is one to two hours before breakfast or two hours after, no late evenings. Um, Because remember, it increases your heart rate and boosts your energy. You take it late in the evening, you may find yourself not being able to go to sleep. Um, If you gain weight while using this prescription, you should immediately contact your doctor. No alcohol or mixing it with any other diet pills. I will repeat, no alcohol or mixing with other diet pills. Um, do not share these pills. I am going to repeat this as well. Do not share these pills. It is illegal because it is a controlled substance. There are people out there looking for someone with extra prescriptions so that they can buy them, and sell to other people. This prescription is deadly for kids. This prescription is deadly for kids. So if you've listened to my podcast in the past, things that I think are very important, I always repeat more than once. Um, There have been some testimonies um, of phenamine. Um, there was a woman by the name of Harmony Hobbs. This may not, may or may not be her real name, but she was addicted to this drug for 15 years. 15 years, guys. Like this pill gave her such a rush because it increased her heart rate and it gave her just that extra energy. And, and, and she, her body loved it. And she became addicted to it for 15 years. She was so addicted to this drug that she rotated between three clinics to keep her supply, to keep her in supply. Now, remember, I said this drug is um, prescribed uh, intermittently. So there may be, a, you know, they're going to give it to you for a period of time, and then you'll be off of it for a period of time before they will prescribe you again, right? Um, but she was taking it continuously for 15 years. I mean, I can't, wow, that, I mean, that is so crazy. Um, there was another lady, Mary Lennon. She died at 30. Um, she lived in Massachusetts and she died after using the drug for 10 months. So... Just because 
Harmony was able to use this for 15 years doesn't mean somebody like Mary is going to be able to use it for that long. And it's really, really tragic tragic because she's so young, 30. So young. Um, Germany completely seized authorization for um, phenamine. They they don't even allow you, it's not even allowed to be um, issued or prescribed as a drug for weight loss anymore. And but this drug is still out there. Um, and from 2008 to 2011, there was almost $25 million worth of um, prescriptions for this drug. That amount doubled by the time 2017 came around. So it's still out there, but... Um, it's still, believe, remember, it's still a controlled substance. Um, I've had, I've seen people use it and lose pound, lose weight really quickly. Uh, um, a lot of times I've seen people use it for like if they are preparing to get wet, um, get married or a function and they have to get into a formal dress or, or something. And like maybe a month before they'll take it so they can lose a couple of pounds and be able to fit in whatever it is um, comfortably. Um, they will not prescribe it to you if you have high blood pressure um, or any type of heart disease um, because it had, I had thought about using, well, I didn't think about using it. I had went to, I went to the doctor, which um, at that time was a clinic that did um, offer um, weight loss, I don't know, I guess weight loss programs. And so um, one of the things that they did do is they did prescribe the phenamine they had like the lipo shots um, and two other things that they used. But before she, they did any type of um, like going into depth about the weight loss solutions, they took our blood pressure twice. They took it while we were there. They waited about 30 minutes and they came back and took the blood pressure again. And if there was any slight um, acceleration or a spike in the blood pressure, it, the phenamine was automatically taken off of the counter. I mean, it was it was not an option. So it was me and my mom. Hers wasn't that high. Her blood pressure wasn't that high, but because it was high enough and with her age, they said no. Um, when they found out I had congestive heart failure, they said no. Um, however, I was able to get the lipo shots and those I had to do myself every week. And let me tell y'all, when I took that shot, I want to say maybe five minutes after taking it and then st- starting to move around, get ready for work and what have you. Oh, my God. The energy level was up the roof, through the roof. And I sweated so bad. I mean, like just a constant sweat. But after using it for a month, I got extremely constipated. I had to go to the emergency room and it was so bad, y'all. I was I missed work for almost a week because it took me that long to get my bowels to move and to move the, you know, the way that they were supposed to move because I'm a regular girl. I'm just, I'm not going to lie to y'all. I you know, I have I go after every meal. I go like clockwork in the morning. You know, so I'm regular. I don't have issues with taking a poop. 
But after taking those lipo shots, I don't know what it was. I didn't even try to find out what it was. I just knew that it was the shots and I stopped using them. I can't even remember what type of weight loss I had with them, uh, like how many pounds I had lost, um, to be honest. And this was like three years ago. So, um, yeah, uh, I would, I'm not saying it's a bad drug, but I'm not saying that it's a, you know, totally awesome drug, phenamine, um, because like I said, it has some very serious side effects. And if someone, I think, I think that, you know how when most people go to have cosmetic work done, they usually speak to a psychologist or therapist of some sort um, so they could talk to the person about why they want to have such work done. And depending upon their psyche, they determine whether or not, yes, we're going to, uh, you know, go ahead and give the approval to the doctor to go ahead and do this um these surgeries and I think that the same thing should be done when it comes to any type of weight loss prescription when issued to to people to the public and it may happen I'm not saying that it doesn't but I think it should be something practiced by doctors anytime someone wants to come in because weight loss can be we know there's so many dis different disorders out there for weight loss and it, it just sometimes people people's heads or mental space are just not where it needs to be and then you allow them access to these drugs and it becomes you know very detrimental to their lifestyle their their overall health and not just the weight loss so that's fentamine um I've never used it so I really can't tell you anything about my experience spe specifically Okay, so let's talk about what the hell has been going on in my life this past month um, in this wellness journey that I'm still on. So I want to say, this is what I want to say first. You know, there's so many different ways that you can lose lose weight and to lose it in a healthy way, you know, by changing your diet, you know, what type of, you know, body movement or body activity that your body is going through on a daily basis. And and I've tried so many. And the last thing I, you know, was trying that had worked for me, you know, because you it, it may take you trying the different things to find out what what's your what works for you and your body, right? And so intermittent fasting worked for me really good when I very when I tried it for the first time. And I'm I don't know if it was because, you know, my body had never experienced anything like this. And and that's why I did really well. The weight loss was really well. I, you know, I don't know if it's because I, you know, I coupled it with Weight Watchers. I, I don't know. Which I'm still doing as well, right? And when I say I'm still doing Weight Watchers, I'm not necessarily looking at how many points I am being given every day or every week, but I am keeping in mind what the what um, foods they consider zero points, you know, that you are able to eat, you know, on a continued basis if you want to, right? Which is mostly vegetables, um, most vegetables, most fruits, most um, meats. So 
you know, there's a few that, you know, you can't consume in large amounts because they are high in fats or high in calories. And so I've kind of gotten myself really familiar with that. And so I've just combined it with the intermittent intermittent fasting. And intermittent fasting works for me because, you know, when I get up in the morning, most of the time I'm going, you know, after I shower and get dressed, I'm going straight to my desk. I'm not necessarily going to the kitchen. And my first break isn't till about 10 o'clock. Well, when I go on that break, I mean, it's really nothing to wait until 12 to break that fast or 12 or 1 o'clock to break that fast. Because usually I have um, lunch between 1230 and 1. So it, it has worked well for me. You know, I've got enough to distract me from the fact that I may be hungry. And sometimes I'm not hungry. But, you know, when, until I get closer to the time for lunch. Uh, so I like intermittent fasting. Um, I do just the, you know, I eat, you know, try not to eat after 8 o'clock. And I break my fast at 1 o'clock the next day, 12 or 1 o'clock the next day. So that's what I've been doing. Um, have I lost any weight? No. And this is why. So your girl was, you know, has been doing weightlifting, right? Uh, because I found that lifting weights burns calories for at least 24 hours versus cardio only burning calories for the moment. And I think doing cardio, I'm in between doing 15 minutes and 30 minutes comfortably at least three times a week. But I, one day I was lifting and I decided to do my shoulders, my chest, and my back. So my back has been doing really well um, from lifting weights. You know, it's, I'm, you know, seeing some loss and some definition, some tightening up back there, right? Well, I tried something new because I wanted to do my chest exercises at sort of an incline. Most of them are, are done, are most are more effective when you're at an incline, not an incline. Well, I guess you could say a decline, right? So I tried something different using one of my chairs and my bed, right? And it worked, but I think I overdid it because I had not done my chest like that since I've been into the my job, you know, because I was doing working out in the gym. And of course they, you know, those machines help you do the exercise, um, you know, better. You know, your form is better because the machine is making you do it the best way, right? So, but I'm just trying to do, be proactive, not go out. I, you know, I had caught COVID. I'm not trying to catch COVID again. And so I've been doing what I can at work, right? I mean, not at work, at home. So my dumbbells are 15, well, they were 15 pounds. Yeah, they're 15 pounds right now. So somehow I pulled a muscle or maybe I strained um, because I, it was my first time doing all three muscle groups at the same time. Usually I just do my back and my chest. Well, every now and then when I do my back, I, when I was working out in the gym, every, every time I would do my back, I would do, you know, one or two of my shoulders, right? So I ended up straining myself somehow, pulled the muscle somehow, you know, because the next day I was kind of sore 
you know, I was like, oh, yeah, this the soreness. And, you know, sometimes the soreness feels good because, you know, you know, you work in your body. Your body has gotten the workout it needed, right? Well, then the next day, that soreness turned into, damn, I'm really sore, right? And then when I knew it, it got to a point where, no, I'm hurting. This is hurt. This is pain. This is not right. And so finally, I went to the doctor and I was diagnosed with costochondritis. So when I was sore, I was just only sore in my back, right? My shoulder blades, a little in my neck where, you know, if I tried to lean my neck back comfortably, I could not do it, no. And then I started having spasms, right? So y'all know muscle spasms or Charlie horses are no joke. I've never had a Charlie horse in my back or anything upper body. Well, I take it back. I've had them in my stomach before. Yeah. Just completely took the wind out of me. Couldn't move, couldn't walk, couldn't do nothing. Just had to lay there where I was. Um, But I ended up getting Charlie horses in my back and my neck. And then it kind of crossed over my right shoulder and then into my chest. Well, I got scared because, you know, when it comes to chest pains, I, I don't know if it's chest pains because of the congestive heart failure is it a stroke is it a heart attack or the chest pain from being sore and hurting myself and so um the doctor said it was costochondritis uh what has happened is um along with the muscle sprain and the muscle soreness um inflammation set in right and that inflammation crossed over to every muscle that was sore and inflamed, which includes my chest muscles. And the the inflammation set into my rib cage and sternum. And when I tell y'all, I couldn't strain when I had to go poop. I couldn't cough. I couldn't sneeze without just really holding everything in my chest because it was that painful. And so she, I had to do a lot of Icy Hot. I had to do a lot of Aspicream. She prescribed me um, a muscle relaxer that worked really, really well, but I couldn't take it at all, as often as I wanted to if I was working because it made me really drowsy, right? But it worked. Um, and then when I ran out of that, I started taking a leave for back pain and it kind of, you know, soothed it for the time I needed it to be soothed. Um, right now, it's pretty, she said it would take about two weeks for it to go away. There wasn't anything I could take orally and she didn't want to give me too strong of a muscle rack. Or she didn't want to give me naproxen because, um, not naproxen, she didn't want to give me something else. Um, stronger as far as muscle pain and muscle relaxing because of the sleep apnea and because of the congestive heart failure. So keep this in mind. Whenever you have, you go into any type of heart failure, um, there's a lot of things that you're just not going to be able to take like the average person. You know, you have to look for the heart health, you know, drugs like, um, Coacetin, coacetin specifically for people with heart failure, and it comes in like a headache and, you know, cold and flu or cold and sinus, and it, to me, doesn't do anything.
and it's such a drag. But um, keep that in mind when you're trying to keep or you're thinking about the healthiness of your body. You know, when you get to a point where you, you're unhealthy, it, it comes with a whole lot of other, I'm going to call it drama because that's what it is to be honest, drama. You got to go through all this drama because your body is not at a point where it could take all this extenuous, you know, or very strong drugs. And then when it comes to the muscle relaxers, because they're so strong and they make you sleepy, you know, sometimes those drugs, if they're too strong, they prohibit your body from being able to process and respond to the sleep apnea. You know, you, I lay down to sleep, and even though I have a, a BiPAP machine that I sleep with, it doesn't stop me from, you know, the breathing that it doesn't, pro, it doesn't, uh, how can I say this? It doesn't take away from the amount of time I stop breathing and, and the amount of time I stop breathing when, when that occurs. So, when I had my sleep study, it showed that I stopped breathing over 226 times a night. So think about if I had a muscle relaxant and I'm all just dead sleep and my brain already is dealing with the fact that I'm dead sleep. It's hard for it to deal with the fact that, Hey, she, she stopped breathing and she needs to start breathing again. Right. So I wasn't able to get anything really strong and the, the pain, it was just so I couldn't, you know, turn a certain way. I couldn't, the way I wanted to sleep, it was just so uncomfortable. And with that, it became stress. Like I couldn't even sit comfortably and meditate. Like it was just so, it was that painful. And then on top of that, guess what? I started stress eating, you know, all this drug, junk food that I wanted to eat. And then I had to think about, hey girl, you can't eat all this junk food. You diabetic. So it was just really, yeah, it was just that much kind of drama for the entire month, pretty much. Because I didn't start feeling better till about maybe the first of this past week. So no exercising, no yoga, no meditation. And y'all know I've been, my little mental psyche has just been up and down the wall. But I'm glad to be like back to some sort of normalcy. Um, March 1st, I'm going to... Um, start cardio, just do some simple stuff like um, dancing, a few songs, um, doing yoga to make sure my muscles, that's one thing I can say. When you do yoga, it will ensure that your muscles, uh, you know, remain with the elasticity that they're supposed to have. Um, It will, it's very calming and relaxing for the body. So um, I'm going to be doing a lot more of it. And then just something simple like, you know, the beginner workout for Tybo or something. Um, and then I'll be able to focus on my intermittent fasting a whole lot better because my mind will be, is back to a, a place where it's able to just fully function and process what's going on without having to worry about being in pain all the time. Um, it, this is the first time I've had this. I don't plan on having it again. So um, just make sure whenever you're working out, whatever type of workout, make sure you stress, stretch 
your body, stretch the areas that you're about to apply some pressure to or that you're about to like really put to use as far as movement goes. And that's pretty much what's what's going on. Oh, another thing that I'm going to be doing is trying to um, foster a keto-like like lifestyle when it comes to eating. I found that eating or fostering a keto diet can help people with diabetes because you're cutting out all most of those things that will add a lot of sugar to your body. Um, I'm just going to have to do it in moderation because it's a lot of cheese and dairy and a lot of that stuff can raise my cholesterol as well when it comes to the heart failure, but it's good for the heart failure too, you know, cause you can still eat from what I understand, you can still do vegetables. So I'm going to be also, um, just kind of like recording what I do, what I eat and how it's making me feel and where I'm at right now, I'm at 274. So guess what? I had just this whole month, I had gone back up to 280. So when this whole lifestyle, you know, like aggressively um, started working out, I was at 280 and I had got down to 268. Well, I went back up to 280 throughout this month um, since I've started to be, feel better, I'm back down to 274. So hopefully next week I can get back down to 268. We're going to see how that goes. Uh, don't forget to follow me on my social media networks. If you have any questions or suggestions or want to have conversations, I'm open to it. Don't, you know, feel free to reach out to me. And um, if you ever want to collaborate, if you want to come on the podcast and have a conversation with me about your experiences, what's working for you and what's not working for you, I'm more than happy. I'm open to it. Um, If there's any health coaches out there that um, feel like there's something um, that's really important that I have not addressed with you guys yet, again, I'm open to it. Just reach out to me and we'll make it happen. So I am going to conclude this episode. I do thank you for tuning in and liking and subscribing. And until next time, bye.